Alma chapter 5. Now Alma introduces us to a marvelous speech given by Alma at a general conference of the church in Zarahemla. This speech is designed for members of the church who wonder how well they are doing in the sight of God. Alma asks the members of the church 45 specific questions which constitute a sort of self-judgment a judgment day for those who are willing to honestly answer these questions. Now it came to pass that Alma began to deliver the word of God unto the people, first in the land of Zarahemla, and from thence throughout all the land. And these are the words which he spake to the people in the church which was established in the city of Zarahemla, according to his own record, saying, we notice that the speech Mormon is now going to record is from Alma's own record. I, Alma, having been consecrated by my father Alma to be a high priest over the church of God, he having power and authority from God to do these things, behold, I say unto you that he began to establish a church in the land which was in the borders of Nephi, yea, the land which was called the land of Mormon, Yea, and he did baptize his brethren in the waters of Mormon. In order to establish his own credentials, Alma wants us to know something about his father, who set up the Christian church in America and received the authority of the higher priesthood directly from God. And behold, I say unto you, they were delivered out of the hands of the people of King Noah by the mercy and power of God. The sensational escape of the elder Alma with his whole congregation is recorded in Mosiah chapter 23, verses 1 to 3. And behold, after that, they were brought into bondage by the hands of the Lamanites in the wilderness. Yea, I say unto you, they were in captivity. And again the Lord did deliver them out of bondage by the power of his word. And we were brought into this land, and here we began to establish the church of God throughout this land also. Alma is condensing the history of his father and his fleeing congregation. Again, the details are in Mosiah chapter 23. Alma and his people fled into the wilderness eight days and established a prosperous community which they named Helam. The army had also found the wicked priests of King Noah, whose leader was Amulon, Alma's worst enemy. Alma and his people were put under bondage. However, the Lord subjected the guards to a deep sleep and told Alma to flee quickly toward Zarahemla, which he did. The elder Alma was welcomed in Zarahemla and invited to set up the Church of Christ throughout the land. Of course, at the time we are now discussing, the church in Zarahemla was in an explosive crisis. So Alma asked the members of the church to conscientiously answer the following 45 questions. And now behold, I say unto you, my brethren, you that belong to this church, have you sufficiently retained in remembrance the captivity of your fathers? Yea, and have you sufficiently retained in remembrance his mercy and long-suffering towards them? And moreover, have ye sufficiently retained in remembrance that he has delivered their souls from hell? Behold, he changed their hearts. Yea, he awakened them out of a deep sleep, and they awoke unto God. Behold, they were in the midst of darkness. 
Nevertheless, their souls were illuminated by the light of the everlasting word. Yea, they were encircled about by the bands of death and the chains of hell, and an everlasting destruction did await them. Up to this point, he had asked three questions. Now he asks three more. Alma wants to emphasize the need for the members of the church to develop the fundamental principle of faith in God. Now I ask of you, my brethren, were they destroyed? Behold, I say unto you, Nay, they were not. And again I ask, were the bands of death broken, and the chains of hell which encircled them about, were they loosed? I say unto you, Yea, they were loosed, and their souls did expand, and they did sing redeeming love. And I say unto you that they are saved. And now I ask of you, on what conditions are they saved? Yea, what grounds had they to hope for salvation? What is the cause of their being loosed from the bands of death, yea, and also the chains of hell? Behold, I can tell you. Did not my father Alma believe in the words which were delivered by the mouth of Abinadi? And was he not a holy prophet? Did he not speak the words of God? And my father Alma believed them. Alma then reminds them what sincere faith can do. And according to his faith, there was a mighty change wrought in his heart. Behold, I say unto you that this is all true. And behold, he preached the word unto your fathers, and a mighty change was also wrought in their hearts. And they humbled themselves and put their trust in the true and living God. And behold, they were faithful unto the end, therefore they were saved. But the most important question was whether or not the principle of faith and repentance had become functional realities in the lives of the people. Now behold, I ask of you, my brethren of the church, have ye spiritually been born of God? Have ye received his image in your countenances? Have ye experienced this mighty change in your hearts? Notice that Alma is energetically posing his questions in groups of three. Here is another triad of questions. Do ye exercise faith in the redemption of him who created you? Do you look forward with an eye of faith and view this mortal body raised in immortality and this corruption raised in incorruption to stand before God to be judged according to the deeds which have been done in the mortal body? I say unto you, Can you imagine to yourselves that ye hear the voice of the Lord saying unto you in that day, Come unto me, ye blessed, for behold, your works have been the works of righteousness upon the face of the earth. At the great last judgment, no member of the church can lie to God. Alma says, Or do ye imagine to yourselves that ye can lie unto the Lord in that day and say, Lord, our works have been righteous works upon the face of the earth, and that he will save you? Or otherwise, can ye imagine yourselves brought before the tribunal of God with your souls filled with guilt and remorse, having a remembrance of all your guilt, yea, a perfect remembrance of all your wickedness, yea, a remembrance that ye have set at defiance the commandments of God? I say unto you, 
Can ye look up to God at that day with a pure heart and clean hands? I say unto you, Can you look up having the image of God engraven upon your countenances? I say unto you, Can ye think of being saved when you have yielded yourselves to become subjects to the devil? Notice that in verse 19, Alma asked for the second time, Quote, is the image of God engraven upon your countenance, unquote. One of the most distinguishing characteristics of the general authorities of the church is the kind, loving, and godly qualities in their faces. I say unto you, ye will know at that day that ye cannot be saved. For there can no man be saved except his garments are washed white. Yea, his garments must be purified until they are cleansed from all stain through the blood of him of whom it has been spoken by our fathers, who should come to redeem his people from their sins. Now Alma returns to the hour of God's great judgment. And now I ask of you, my brethren, how will any of you feel if ye shall stand before the bar of God, having your garments stained with blood and all manner of filthiness? Behold, what will these things testify against you? Behold, will they not testify that ye are murderers? Yea, and also that ye are guilty of all manner of wickedness. Behold, my brethren, do ye suppose that such an one can have a place to sit down in the kingdom of God with Abraham, with Isaac, and with Jacob, and also all the holy prophets, whose garments are cleansed and are spotless, pure, and white? I say unto you, Nay, except ye make our Creator a liar from the beginning, or suppose that he is a liar from the beginning, ye cannot suppose that such can have place in the kingdom of heaven, but they shall be cast out, for they are the children of the kingdom of the devil. Alma wants each member of the church to admit what will happen to them if they continue serving Satan instead of God. Now Alma wants the members to honestly subject themselves to rigorous self-judgment. Now behold, I say unto you, my brethren, if ye have experienced a change of heart, and if ye have felt to sing the song of redeeming love, I would ask, can ye feel so now? Have ye walked, keeping yourselves blameless before God? Could ye say, if ye were called to die at this time within yourselves, that ye have been sufficiently humble, that your garments have been cleansed and made white through the blood of Christ, who will come to redeem his people from their sins? Alma next addresses the two human weaknesses of pride and envy. Behold, are ye stripped of pride? I say unto you, if ye are not, Ye are not prepared to meet God. Behold, ye must prepare quickly, for the kingdom of heaven is soon at hand, and such an one hath not eternal life. Behold, I say, is there one among you who is not stripped of envy? I say unto you that such an one is not prepared, and I would that he should prepare quickly, for the hour is close at hand, and he knoweth not when the time shall come for such an one is not found guiltless. What about denigrating, criticizing, and gossiping about fellow members of the church? And again I say unto you, 
Is there one among you that doth make a mock of his brother, or that heapeth upon him persecutions? Woe unto such an one, for he is not prepared. And the time is at hand that he must repent, or he cannot be saved. At this point, Alma pleads with those who are violating the commandments of the Lord, and who have allowed themselves to be caught in the snares of Satan. Yea, even woe unto all ye workers of iniquity. Repent, repent, for the Lord God hath spoken it. Behold, he sendeth an invitation unto all men, for the arms of mercy are extended towards them, and he saith, Repent, and I will receive you. Yea, he saith, Come unto me, and ye shall partake of the fruit of the tree of life. Yea, ye shall eat and drink of the bread and the waters of life freely. Yea, come unto me, and bring forth works of righteousness, and ye shall not be hewn down and cast into the fire. For behold, the time is at hand that whosoever bringeth forth not good fruit, or whosoever doeth not the works of righteousness, the same have cause to wail and mourn. In the next two verses, Alma denounces the workers of iniquity, but still holds out the Savior's invitation to let him become their shepherd. O ye workers of iniquity, ye that are puffed up in the vain things of the world, ye that have professed to have known the ways of righteousness, nevertheless have gone astray as sheep having no shepherd. Notwithstanding a shepherd hath called after you, and is still calling after you, but ye will not hearken unto his voice. Behold, I say unto you, that the good shepherd doth call you, Yea, and in his own name he doth call you, which is the name of Christ. And if ye will not hearken unto the voice of the good shepherd, to the name by which ye are called, behold, ye are not the sheep of the good shepherd. Alma reminds them what the dilatory members of the church are doing to themselves if they are not following the good shepherd. And now, if ye are not the sheep of the good shepherd, of what fold are ye? Behold, I say unto you that the devil is your shepherd, and ye are of his fold. And now who can deny this? Behold, I say unto you, whosoever denieth this is a liar and a child of the devil. For I say unto you that whatsoever is good cometh from God, and whatsoever is evil cometh from the devil. Now Alma proclaims one of the favored doctrines which Jesus will later preach during his ministry on earth. It is this, quote, ye shall know them by their fruits, unquote. Therefore if a man bringeth forth good works, he hearkeneth unto the voice of the good shepherd, and he doth follow him. But whosoever bringeth forth evil works, the same becometh a child of the devil. For he hearkeneth unto his voice, and doth follow him. And whosoever doeth this, must receive his wages of him. Therefore for his wages he receiveth death, as to things pertaining unto righteousness, being dead unto all good works. And now, my brethren, I would that ye should hear me, for I speak in the energy of my soul. For behold, I have spoken unto you plainly that ye cannot err, 
or have spoken according to the commandments of God. For I am called to speak after this manner according to the holy order of God, which is Christ Jesus. Yea, I am commanded to stand and testify unto this people the things which have been spoken by our fathers concerning the things which are to come. Alma said he had a soul-stirring testimony that that which he is teaching them is indeed the truth. And this is not all. Do ye not suppose that I know of these things myself? Behold, I testify unto you that I do know that these things whereof I have spoken are true. And how do ye suppose that I know of their surety? Behold, I say unto you, they are made known unto me by the Holy Spirit of God. Behold, I have fasted and prayed many days, that I might know these things of myself. And now I do know of myself that they are true. For the Lord God hath made them manifest unto me by his Holy Spirit. And this is the spirit of revelation which is in me. Alma especially wants to bear his testimony concerning the coming of Jesus Christ, whom his forefathers had predicted. And moreover I say unto you that it has thus been revealed unto me, that the words which have been spoken by our fathers are true, even so according to the spirit of prophecy which is in me, which is also by the manifestation of the Spirit of God. I say unto you that I know of myself that whatsoever I shall say unto you concerning that which is to come is true. And I say unto you that I know that Jesus Christ shall come, yea, the Son, the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and mercy and truth. And behold, it is he that cometh to take away the sins of the world. Yea, the sins of every man who steadfastly believeth on his name. Alma wants the members of the church to realize that this great sermon is a mission which he was commissioned by God to deliver to the people. And now I say unto you that this is the order after which I am called. Yea, to preach unto my beloved brethren, yea, and every one that dwelleth in the land. Yea, to preach unto all, both old and young, both bond and free. Yea, I say unto you, the aged, and also the middle-aged, and the rising generation. Yea, to cry unto them, that they must repent and be born again. Yea, thus saith the Spirit, Repent, all ye ends of the earth. For the kingdom of heaven is soon at hand. Yea, the Son of God cometh in his glory in his might, majesty, power, and dominion. Yea, my beloved brethren, I say unto you that the Spirit saith, Behold the glory of the King of all the earth, and also the King of heaven shall very soon shine forth among all the children of men. And also the Spirit saith unto me, Yea, crieth unto me with a mighty voice, saying, Go forth and say unto this people, Repent, or except ye repent, ye can in no wise inherit the kingdom of heaven. Alma has seen a vision of what will happen if the saints do not repent. There will be a great cleansing of the whole church. And again I say unto you, the Spirit saith, Behold, the axe is laid at the root of the tree. 
Therefore every tree that bringeth not forth good fruit shall be hewn down and cast into the fire, yea, a fire which cannot be consumed, even an unquenchable fire. Behold and remember, the Holy One hath spoken it. And now, my beloved brethren, I say unto you, Can ye withstand these sayings? Yea, can ye lay aside these things, and trample the Holy One under your feet? Yea, can ye be puffed up in the pride of your hearts? Yea, will ye still persist in the wearing of costly apparel, and setting your hearts upon the vain things of the world, upon your riches? Alma is coming toward the close of his great sermon. Therefore he issues this challenge to the vast congregation sitting before him. Yea, will ye persist in supposing that ye are better one than another? Yea, will ye persist in the persecution of your brethren, who humble themselves and do walk after the holy order of God, wherewith they have been brought into this church, having been sanctified by the Holy Spirit, and they do bring forth works which are meet for repentance? Yea, and will you persist in turning your backs upon the poor? and the needy, and in withholding your substance from them. These next two verses are almost like the great challenge of Joshua, when he said, quote, Choose ye this day whom ye will serve, unquote. And finally, All ye that will persist in your wickedness, I say unto you that these are they who shall be hewn down and cast into the fire, except they speedily repent. And now I say unto you, all you that are desirous to follow the voice of the good shepherd, come ye out from the wicked, and be ye separate, and touch not their unclean things. And behold, their names shall be blotted out, that the names of the wicked shall not be numbered among the names of the righteous, that the word of God may be fulfilled which saith, the names of the wicked shall not be mingled with the names of my people. Alma wants to emphasize the marvelous advantage of those who are willing to repent and return to the pathway of righteousness. For the names of the righteous shall be written in the book of life, and unto them will I grant an inheritance at my right hand. And now, my brethren, what have ye to say against this? I say unto you, if ye speak against it, it matters not, for the word of God must be fulfilled. For what shepherd is there among you, having many sheep, doth not watch over them, that the wolves enter not, and devour his flock? And behold, if a wolf enter his flock, doth he not drive him out? Yea, and at the last, if he can, he will destroy him. In a spirit of love and compassion, Alma invites the wayward members of the church to come unto Christ. He says, And now I say unto you that the good shepherd doth call after you, and if you will hearken unto his voice, he will bring you into his fold, and ye are his sheep. And he commandeth you that ye suffer no ravenous wolf to enter among you, that ye may not be destroyed. But in a sterner voice the president of the church declares, And now I, Alma, do command you in the language of him who hath commanded me, that ye observe to do the words which I have spoken unto you. 
I speak by way of command unto you that belong to the church. And unto those who do not belong to the church I speak by way of invitation, saying, Come, and be baptized unto repentance, that ye also may be partakers of the fruit of the tree of life. And we cannot help but add our benediction to this incredible sermon and say, Amen, Brother Alma, Amen and Amen. Alma Chapter 6 Alma's magnificent sermon launched a great reform movement in the church at Zarahemla, and Alma began reorganizing the church from top to bottom. First he began at the top. And now it came to pass that after Alma had made an end of speaking unto the people of the church, which was established in the city of Zarahemla, he ordained priests and elders by laying on his hands according to the order of God to preside and watch over the church. And it came to pass that whosoever did not belong to the church, who repented of their sins, were baptized unto repentance and were received into the church. Then he began at the bottom. It was time for a thorough cleansing of the church. And it also came to pass that whosoever did belong to the church that did not repent of their wickedness and humble themselves before God, I mean those who were lifted up in the pride of their hearts, the same were rejected, and their names were blotted out, that their names were not numbered among those of the righteous. And thus they began to establish the order of the church in the city of Zarahemla. It is interesting that this new reform movement began to revitalize the people. So that order was established both in the church and also in the civic life of the community. It also appears that Alma encouraged the people to spontaneously meet together often and informally discuss the principles of the gospel. Now I would that ye should understand that the word of God was liberal unto all, that none were deprived of the privilege of assembling themselves together to hear the word of God. Nevertheless, the children of God were commanded that they should gather themselves together oft and join in fasting and mighty prayer in behalf of the welfare of the souls of those who knew not God. Once the spirit of reform had taken hold in Zarahemla, Alma crossed the river Sidon to spread the spirit of reform to the southeast of the capital city. And now it came to pass that when Alma had made these regulations, he departed from them yea, from the church which was in the city of Zarahemla, and went over upon the east of the river Sidon into the valley of Gideon, there having been a city built which was called the city of Gideon, which was in the valley that was called Gideon, being called after the man who was slain by the hand of Nehor with the sword. It may be recalled that four years earlier, Alma had stopped in the valley of Gideon to let his army rest after pursuing the Amlicites all day long, and it was here that he received the news that a whole new army of Lamanites had joined the Amlicites, and they were both racing toward Zarahemla to capture the city before Alma and his army could return. But Alma returned speedily down the east side of the river, and then crossed over in the nick of time to save Zarahemla. It was a great victory, but thousands were slaughtered on both sides. Since that time, four years had passed and the Nephites had passed through a cycle of peace and righteousness, followed by a period of apostasy and wickedness. But now Zarahemla had reformed, 
and Alma hoped he could extend the reform movement to the valley of Gideon. And Alma went and began to declare the word of God unto the church which was established in the valley of Gideon, according to the revelation of the truth of the word which had been spoken by his fathers, and according to the spirit of prophecy which was in him, according to the testimony of Jesus Christ, the Son of God, who should come to redeem his people from their sins, and the holy order by which he was called. And thus it is written, Amen. Alma chapter 7 We are fortunate to have an actual transcript of the Sermon of Alma to the Gideonites. In this sermon, Alma feels inspired to emphasize the future ministry of Jesus Christ in America. But he begins by explaining why he had not visited them earlier. Behold, my beloved brethren, seeing that I have been permitted to come unto you, therefore I attempt to address you in my language, yea, by my own mouth, seeing that it is the first time that I have spoken unto you by the words of my mouth, I, having been wholly confined to the judgment seat, having had much business that I could not come unto you, and even I could not have come now at this time, were it not that the judgment seat hath been given to another to reign in my stead. And the Lord in much mercy hath granted that I should come unto you. Alma confesses that he has come with the hope that the people in Gideon have not apostatized, but were rejoicing in the fullness of the gospel. Alma then reveals that he has received a manifestation from the Lord that his hopes are not in vain. And behold, I have come having great hopes and much desire that I should find that ye had humbled yourselves before God, and that ye had continued in the supplicating of his grace, that I should find that ye were blameless before him, that I should find that ye were not in the awful dilemma that our brethren were in at Zarahemla. And blessed be the name of God, that he hath given me to know, yea, hath given unto me the exceeding great joy of knowing that they are established again in the way of his righteousness. And I trust, according to the Spirit of God which is in me, that I shall also have joy over you, Nevertheless, I do not desire that my joy over you should come by the cause of so much afflictions and sorrow which I have had for the brethren at Zarahemla. For behold, my joy cometh over them after wading through much affliction and sorrow. But behold, I trust that ye are not in a state of so much unbelief as were your brethren. I trust that ye are not lifted up in the pride of your hearts, Yea, I trust that ye have not set your hearts upon riches and the vain things of the world. Yea, I trust that you do not worship idols, but that ye do worship the true and living God, and that ye look forward for the remission of your sins with an everlasting faith which is to come. Now Alma comes to the theme of his sermon to the people of Gideon. Alma says he wants to take as his text, the fact that in a time not too far distant, the great Messiah will appear among his people. For behold, I say unto you, there be many things to come. And behold, there is one thing which is of more importance than they all. For behold, the time is not far distant that the Redeemer liveth and cometh among his people. 
It is highly significant that whenever the servants of God have been inspired to talk about the coming of Christ, they have always emphasized the nearness of his coming. It would turn out that Alma was speaking to these people about 83 years before the coming of the Savior, but the Spirit told him to emphasize the nearness of his coming. This was not done to deceive the people, but to emphasize the need for each individual to live his or her life as though the coming of Christ was an immediate expectation. Behold, I do not say that he will come among us at the time of his dwelling in his mortal tabernacle. For behold, the Spirit hath not said unto me that this should be the case. Now as to this thing I do not know, but this much I do know, that the Lord God hath power to do all things which are according to his word. Alma was a very honest servant of God. Several times during his ministry, he pulled himself up short to make certain that he was not teaching anything beyond what he had been told. In this instance, he was authorized to tell the people that the presence of the Savior was to be manifest among them very shortly. However, he is not certain that this has reference to his coming in the flesh, although he knows that eventually that great miracle will occur. Just to be safe, Alma decides to tell the people exactly what the Lord commanded him to tell them and wants to quote it word for word. But behold, the Spirit hath said this much unto me, saying, Cry unto this people, saying, Repent ye, and prepare the way of the Lord, and walk in his paths which are straight. For behold, the kingdom of heaven is at hand, and the Son of God cometh upon the face of the earth. But then Alma reveals that he knows a lot more about the birth of the Savior when it is finally time for him to come to the earth. And behold, he shall be born of Mary, at Jerusalem, which is the land of our forefathers, she being a virgin, a precious and chosen vessel, who shall be overshadowed and conceived by the power of the Holy Ghost, and bring forth a son, yea, even the Son of God. Notice how many details Alma knew concerning the birth of Christ. First, he knew the mother of the Savior would be called Mary. Secondly, he knew that she would be a virgin. Third, he knew that she would be overshadowed. Now, Luke says overshadowed by the power of the highest, and that's why he will be called the Son of God. That's Luke chapter 1, verse 35. Fourth, Finally, Alma knew that at the time of her conception, she would be under the quickening influence of the Holy Ghost. Now comes a verse of Scripture which might have been shocking to the people as they thought about it. Alma said, And he shall go forth, suffering pains and afflictions and temptations of every kind. And this, that the word might be fulfilled, which saith, He will take upon him the pains and the sicknesses of his people. Now Alma declares that the Savior is the one person that can die and yet have the power within himself to live again. Therefore he says, And he will take upon him death, that he may loose the bands of death which bind his people. And he will take upon him their infirmities, that his bowels may be filled with mercy according to the flesh, that he may know, according to the flesh, how to succor his people according to their infirmities. Alma even goes further and says, By suffering the pains and anguish of a mortal life, 
he will have a merciful sense of what all human beings have suffered. Later in Alma chapter 34, verse 15, we learn that his suffering on the cross will be so intense, so terrible, that it will arouse the love and mercy and the intelligences throughout this round of God's creation. It will have an infinite or universal impact and overcome the demands of justice on behalf of all who repent and enter into God's kingdom. Now the Spirit knoweth all things. Nevertheless, the Son of God suffereth according to the flesh that he might take upon him the sins of his people, that he might blot out their transgressions according to the power of his deliverance. And now behold, this is the testimony which is in me. Notice how Alma says, quote, The Spirit knoweth all things, unquote. This implies that perhaps Alma was not quite certain just how the atonement operates, but he has a testimony that this is the Father's plan for the redemption of the human family. Then he goes on to say what the people must do to partake of this glorious redemption. Now I say unto you that ye must repent and be born again. For the Spirit saith, If ye are not born again, ye cannot inherit the kingdom of heaven. Therefore come, and be baptized unto repentance, that ye may be washed from your sins, that ye may have faith on the Lamb of God, who taketh away the sins of the world, who is mighty to save, and to cleanse from all unrighteousness. Yea, I say unto you, Come, and fear not, and lay aside every sin which easily doth beset you, which doth bind you down to destruction. Yea, come, and go forth, and show unto your God that ye are willing to repent of your sins, and enter into a covenant with him to keep his commandments, and witness it unto him this day by going into the waters of baptism. And whosoever doeth this, and keepeth the commandments of God from thenceforth, the same will remember that I say unto him, Yea, he will remember that I have said unto him, He shall have eternal life, according to the testimony of the Holy Spirit, which testifieth in me. Now Alma wants to emphasize what he knows the Spirit is whispering to every person who has heard Alma's testimony. He says, now, my beloved brethren, do you believe these things? Behold, I say unto you, yea, I know that ye believe them. And the way that I know that ye believe them is by the manifestation of the Spirit which is in me. And now, because your faith is strong concerning that, yea, concerning the things which I have spoken, great is my joy. For as I said unto you from the beginning, that I had much desire that ye were not in the state of dilemma like your brethren. Even so I have found that my desires have been gratified. Alma testifies to what the Spirit is whispering to him concerning this congregation. For I perceive that ye are in the paths of righteousness. I perceive that ye are in the path which leads to the kingdom of God, Yea, I perceive that ye are making his paths straight. I perceive that it has been made known unto you by the testimony of his word, that he cannot walk in crooked paths. Neither doth he vary from that which he hath said. Neither hath he a shadow of turning from the right to the left 
or from that which is right to that which is wrong. Therefore his course is one eternal round. Notice that Alma confirms that the pattern of the gospel and the atoning sacrifice of a Savior is based on eternal principles that God follows with each round of creation. In fact, his course is one eternal round after another, consistently following this same pattern. Alma also wants to affirm that those who want to receive the glorious fruits of the gospel must qualify themselves for it. He says, And he doth not dwell in unholy temples. Neither can filthiness or anything which is unclean be received into the kingdom of God. Therefore I say unto you, The time shall come, Yea, and it shall be at the last day that he who is filthy shall remain in his filthiness. Alma explains what his motivation actually is as he launches this great reform movement among the people. And now, my beloved brethren, I have said these things unto you that I might awaken you to a sense of your duty to God, that ye may walk blameless before him, that ye may walk after the holy order of God, after which ye have been received. Now the president of the church describes the qualities of those who want to be called saints. And now I would that ye should be humble, and be submissive and gentle, easy to be entreated, full of patience and long-suffering, being temperate in all things, being diligent in keeping the commandments of God at all times, asking for whatsoever things ye stand in need, both spiritual and temporal, always returning thanks unto God for whatsoever things ye do receive, and see that ye have faith, hope, and charity, and then ye will always abound in good works. And may the Lord bless you and keep your garments spotless, that ye may at last be brought to sit down with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and the holy prophets who have been ever since the world began, having your garments spotless, even as their garments are spotless, in the kingdom of heaven to go no more out. In closing, Alma wants the people to know where he got this great message which he has been expounding to them. Then finally he pronounces his benediction upon them. And now, my beloved brethren, I have spoken these words unto you according to the Spirit which testifieth in me. And my soul doth exceedingly rejoice because of the exceeding diligence and heed which ye have given unto my word. And now may the peace of God rest upon you, and upon your houses and lands, and upon your flocks and herds, and all that you possess, your women and your children, according to your faith and good works, from this time forth and forever. And thus I have spoken. Amen. If you liked this podcast and would like access to other materials by W. Cleon Skousen, you can find them online at skousenlibrary.com.